Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Good morning. It's day 14 of our 90-day challenge. I hope you're having a great day. The topic for today is, do you know him? Be careful to do what it says, then you will truly be successful. First Samuel, the first chapter. There was a certain man from Ramathame, a Zophite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought that she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and they went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. 
When her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live. I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I have asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. First Samuel, the third chapter, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am, and he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? But Eli said, I, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And that ends our worship reading for today. Our worship thought is titled, Do You Know Him? It happens all the time. We're shopping in a grocery store or sitting in the airport and we hear our name, Sean. We turn around and think, who is calling me? We know our name, but we can't figure out the voice. So we go back to what we're doing and we hear it again. Sean, this time louder. We jump up. We're borderline annoyed because we can't identify the speaker. So by the third time we get up and search for the voice or we don't even turn around because we have determined that whoever it is calling must make his or her presence known or else we are not going to respond. But what if? That voice is God. What if the way God called you today is not the same way he called you yesterday? The story of Samuel getting to know the voice of God is riddled with so many worship lessons. But here is one that I want to give you right at the top of our study. Never get used to God's voice. Sometimes God will shock you and come another way. Sometimes God will appear in a still small voice. Other times he will come like a mighty rushing wind. But when he calls, you must answer. Enter Samuel. Samuel is a young boy in the book of 1 Samuel 3. His mentor is Eli, who is old at this point, And Eli's eyes are starting to dim. Samuel has been ministering under Eli's tutelage. So he is very accustomed to Eli speaking to him. But on this particular night, God calls Samuel and three times Samuel goes to his tutor Eli with the same question 
Did you call me? The first and second time, Eli says no. But the third time, he tells Samuel what to say in order to begin the conversation with the teacher. This is such an important lesson for worshipers because all of us are obsessed with hearing God clearly. But this is what I've learned about God over time. Often, when God is heightening our ability to hear him, he will mute every other voice so we don't end up responding to the wrong caller. When God really wants to get your undivided attention, he will disinvite and detach us from certain people for a season. Your hearing is too important right now, so if you're attached to folks who are really close to you, very often he'll remove them just for a little while so he can talk with you directly. Remember, God is the teacher. Eli is the tutor. Samuel is the student. A tutor's job is to reinforce what the teacher has taught. So when the teacher comes in, the tutor becomes an observer. But when the teacher steps out, the tutor's job is to make sure the student understands. Tutors do not create lesson plans. They simply obey what the teacher has already taught. This is important because often we are like Samuel, responding more to the tutor than the teacher. We are so connected to certain people that we mistake the voice of a perfect God with the opinions of imperfect people. And when you turn a tutor into a teacher, you give them the power to manipulate you. I believe this is why God is retraining our ears today. He doesn't want you to ever again mistake your tutor for your teacher. When God calls, you must answer. Pay close attention to what God is saying and not simply what your closest friend is suggesting. Hear the words of men. But listen for the voice of God. This story in 1 Samuel 3 always steals all of the shine, in my opinion. Several preachers and teachers spend a lot of their time talking about discerning the voice of God, which is so very important. But they also miss a huge worship lesson that is right there in the text. 1 Samuel 3, 1 says, and Samuel ministered to the Lord. 1 Samuel 3 and 7 says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. 1 Samuel 3 and 1 says, and Samuel ministered to the Lord. 1 Samuel 3 and 7 says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. 1 Samuel 3 and 1 says, and Samuel ministered to the Lord. 1 Samuel 3 and 7 says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Wow. The first verse says Samuel ministered to the Lord. The seventh verse says now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Listen, here is the takeaway. It is possible to minister to a God you don't know. It's possible to know the protocol of church and not have a relationship with Christ. Samuel knew how to prepare the tabernacle. He knew how to wear the ephod. He knew how to light the candlesticks. He knew how to recite the Torah. He learned it from his tutor, Eli. But Samuel did not yet know the Lord, which tells me that we, too, can do all things church and miss Christ. We can miss him on the side of the road. We can miss him in front of us. We can miss him in our mother and father. We can miss him 
in plain sight. Isn't that what Jesus warns us about in Matthew 7 when he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. When I truly got this revelation, I mean really got it, I got delivered from works righteousness. I was reminded that we are saved not by works, but by the grace of God and faith in Christ. The works do not save us and the church cannot keep us. It is only through relationship with Christ. That, my friends, is the true treasure. So the operative question for today is this. Do you know him? If the answer is yes, then my next question is, how do you know? Samuel's story proves to us that we can be living in the temple, sleeping next to the Ark of the Covenant, and still mistake God for Eli. But God in his love will keep calling us. Sean, he'll keep calling us. Sean, he'll keep calling us. He'll keep calling you until you get it. I love that God doesn't give up on Samuel at the first call. I love that God will send instances in our lives to get our attention so that we can come to know him, get to know him and fall in love with him all the more. My prayer today, worshiper, is that worship in 66 has revived your flame, deepened your well and caused you to get to know the majesty of our God all over again. So what is your worship work today? Yesterday, we talked about clinging to the God thing, but not at the expense of God. Do something extraordinary today. Make sure that no one takes priority over God, your teacher. Figure out a way to demonstrate that without a doubt, your commitment is to God and not the things that he brings. Let's pray. Teacher, rabbi, superintendent of my existence, thank you for sending Eli's to coach me. Thank you for sending Naomi's to guide me. Thank you for sending Elijah's to lead me. But help me not to cling to the God thing so much that I miss God. Help me to differentiate human tutors from the divine teacher. Help me to know you deeply, love you unequivocally, and serve you honorably. Today, I echo the sentiments of Paul. I want to know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings being made conformable unto your death. I want to know you, all of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just want you. I just want you. I 
don't mean anything. Take everything, Lord. 